Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that you are so awesome. And God, we pray that you would be with us this morning as we minister, as we share. God, I know a lot has happened this morning as we've remembered those who are veterans and and God honored those. We've honored Mr. Haas and I know a lot has gone on. But God, I pray that you would focus us back in again this morning to your word, your word that is truth, your word that is life, and your word that will liberate us and set us free in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. We want to continue today. On Wednesday night, I began the series by laying some groundwork for the new series. But we want to talk this morning on the subject of weird because normal isn't working. And if you didn't get that, it's right above me. Weird, and hopefully it stays above me. If not, we're going to be in trouble. And everyone said amen. Or at least I'm going to be in trouble. But weird because normal isn't working. Come on, say that with me, weird, because normal isn't working. I know what most of you are already thinking. Come on, I mean, weird, what's go- how's he going to take, what is he going to do with this one? I mean, please, God, you better start helping Pastor P because he's losing it a little bit. But I really believe over the next few weeks, however long it takes, we may go up to Christmas with this. If we have to go into the new year with it, then that's fine. We'll take it as long as we need to. But I believe that over the next course of this series, we're going to show you and teach you how you can be weird. And when we say weird, we're going to teach you to live, I believe, how God intends for every one of us To live. Don't worry, we're not talking about you becoming crazy weird. We're not talking about you becoming wild weird or that freak show weird or annoyingly weird. That type of weird. Come on, every one of us knows that weird person. Do we know that weird person? Come on, we all know that person. They're just weird. We're not talking about making you like that. At least we hope we won't. But we have got to get weird. Because normal isn't working. This series is taken from an incredible book that I've been reading and it's by Craig Rochelle. And it's called Weird Because Normal Isn't Working. And I really encourage you out there to purchase this book. You can get a really great deal right now on Amazon.com. It's on sale for $11.98 from $20. You can get it on iBook. If you've got an iPod or something, an electronic book, you can download it. Uh, I know I downloaded it and I listen to it in my car when I'm driving, or at least I do the first 12 minutes, only 12 minutes out of 6 hours and 43 minutes downloaded. But I enjoy the first 12 minutes. 
And they've reimbursed me for it, so hopefully I'm going to try again and get the other 630-odd, whatever it is, after that. But, you know, I'm just a real generous guy, and I I bought a whole load of these books, actually, and I'm going to start giving them out every Sunday. Who would like a weird, because normal isn't working, but you want one, Misty? Come on, I'm feeling lazy today, so let me just go to the front. How's that? There you go. Fantastic. So be back next week, and we'll give out some more weird. How many wants this one? Too bad, it's mine. So there you go. But, you know, here's the reality. The reality is this. As sad as it is, we have taken the Bible, which is God's instruction to mankind. It's the manual for living. If we want to know how to live, the Word of God is the instruction. Why? Because we believe the Bible is absolute truth. It's the Word of God. But what we have done is we have taken the words from the Bible and we've apologized for them. We've twisted them. We've disregarded even some of them. We've rewritten most of them. And we've presented that as Christianity, as God's way of living. And here's the truth today. Whether we like it or not, it's not working. It's not working. Why? Because normal will not cut it anymore. In trying to be accepted and trying to be politically correct and not wanting to rock the boat or to cause any waves or to offend anyone, you can label it however you will, we have watered down the gospel message into almost nothing. The way we live today is miles away from the place where God intended for each one of us as children of God to live. You may not like some of the ideas. You may not like some of the points today. But if you want to take or you take the Bible seriously, you will realize today that we are way off from the life that God intended for us to live. I know this morning already I've said the word normal many times, but can I define the word normal to you today? Taken from a short passage from this book, weird because normal isn't working. Listen to this. Normal people. Normal people. A place that we strive to be normal. But listen to what's happening to normal today. Normal people are stressed to the max. Totally overwhelmed and exhausted. Many of their relationships are at best strained and in most cases just surviving. The rate of divorce is skyrocketing. We're broke, having charged ourselves to the max. We're living paycheck to paycheck, never getting ahead but further behind while we find ourselves living in the most prosperous nation on this earth. In our oversexed world, lust, premarital sex, guilt and shame are far more common than purity, virginity and a healthy married sex life. We're killing babies by the millions and we're calling it choice. And when it comes to God, the majority of us believe in Him. That we have some type of relationship with Him. Yet the teachings of His Word rarely even make it into our everyday lives. That's normal. And simply put, normal isn't working. 
Isn't that so true today? We look at a normal family. We look at normal financial situations. We look at what we've labeled as normality today. And if we would be really honest, we would look and say, if that's living normal, I don't want to be like that. And I believe from God's word, we are going to see the way that God wants us to live. And that's weird. God doesn't want us to be normal. You see, we have fallen trap or victim to the thought of what everyone else is doing it. We've maybe even said that so many times in our lives. Well, everyone else is doing it. Our kids have maybe said to us, well, mum and dad, everyone else is going there. Everyone else is doing it. But the reality is everyone else is not doing it because we don't have to do it. And if we don't do it, it doesn't mean that everyone is doing it. And one thing I've discovered, and it didn't take me long to discover this, that because everyone else is doing it doesn't make it right. And in fact, to be honest with you, just because everyone else is doing it is probably a good indicator of the fact that what everyone is doing is not right. And therefore, it shouldn't be something that we ourselves are doing. You see, to be weird, Jesus style, is to refuse to do just what everyone else is doing. And once again... Say, I'm going to start following God's word. Because you know what? God's word says abortion is sin. You know, God's word says that sex before marriage is wrong. You know, God's word says that homosexuality is an abomination to God and it is wrong. We could go on and on. And some people say, oh, you're good at jumping on the homosexual stuff. Well, what about the adulterous relationship? That's wrong too. We can go on and on. In fact, I've been reading Leviticus And it's amazing. All I can say every day when I'm reading, after I've finished reading my Bible, I say, thank God for the cross. Because if you read through the book of Leviticus, every one of us would be broke. We wouldn't have enough sheep and oxen and doves and everything to take for all our sin and trespass offerings. Because if we just touched something that's not clean, we had to offer something. And if we went and did something wrong, we had to go outside of the camp. We had to do this. If we touched something, it had to be broken. It had to be burned. It had to. I mean, if you go through Leviticus and you see all the laws that God gave mankind to live, by. Thank God today we live by grace. But the reality is this, sin is still sin. And we've played sin off and said it's okay and we've tried to accept people and say it's just the normality and and that's how life is. But I'm telling you, in this church, we're not going to be normal. We're going to be weird. We're going to be weird. Because weird is having godly morals. Weird is having a godly character. Weird is saying, I'm going to stand up for the truth. If I was to ask you all, and I am this morning, ask you a question. Here's the question I want you to consider. Did God call you to live a normal life? I mean, how much glory does God get when he sees us stretched to the max? And our relationship's failing and we're financially broke. We're fighting, we're grumbling, we're complaining. Come on, how great of an image of God is seen through us as children of God living that type of life. God didn't call us to live a normal life. God didn't call us just to blend in, to fit in, to do everything that everyone else is doing. God doesn't want us to be stressed. Overwhelmed, exhausted, broke, 
seeing our relationships crushing and falling all around us. But I've got to ask you today, is that the best that God has for your life? Well, one person says no. Thank you for that one person. I guess everyone else, if you're sorry, life's not going to be good to you. Come on, I said, do you think that's the best that God has for our lives? Do you think that's what God wants us to live as? I'm going to tell you right now, the answer is no, 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 no. And then just in case you missed it, no. And no for the really super slow ones that miss the other ones too. God never intended for us to live. And it's time for us to get back weird. It worked back then. And can I tell you, weird will still work now. Living according to God's word. It's not a, maybe it's time. It's not a question of, well, Pastor Philip, you may be right. I'm telling you right now, it's time that we begin to live again, life his way, according to his word, his standards, and to his morals. In this book, Craig Rochelle talks about those red, yellow, oh, those red yelling words. In a lot of our Bibles, we know what that's talking about. Our Bibles, we have black words and we have red words that are printed. The red words are the words of Jesus. They're not suggestions. They are instruction that he gives. And Craig Rochelle talks about those red yelling words that scream out. They're weird words. Have you read the words of Jesus? When Jesus said, if someone slaps you upside the face, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. I mean, normal swings back. Weird turns the other cheek. Jesus says, pray for those who mistreat you. Come on, pray for them. Normal says, how can I pray for someone? They, I'm glad they're going to get what they deserve. But weird says, God bless them despite what they've done to me. You see, we've got to get back to that place where we realize the words of God are not suggestions for our life. But they are the pathway of truth. It's time once again we follow those red yelling words that are screaming out for each one of us. The foundational scripture that we're going to use from this scripture or from this series comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Most of you probably already know these verses. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. It begins by saying, Enter by the narrow gate. And the New Living Translation says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow, verse 14, is the gate, and difficult or straight is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. What we have just read is the fact of the matter is there is two ways. There's two ways that each one of us or mankind can choose to take. There's the broad way. It's the highly trafficked area. It's popular, but it's going in the wrong direction. It's going the wrong way. As Mr. Huss shared with us today, he saw this world after the rapture, the sin and what was taking place. And what did he say? You don't want to be here. Can I tell you what he saw on this earth after the rapture is nothing compared to what will be seen and felt and witnessed in hell? 
A place that God himself did not even create for mankind. It is so bad. But because of mankind's choice, he has placed himself there. The broad way. New Living Translation says the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for those or many of those who choose that way. But then there's another way. It's a narrow way. It's the weird way. It's restricted. It's difficult. At times it can be lonely, but the Bible says it's a way that leads to life. Maybe today, through trying to be normal, we have found ourselves on the wrong pathway, heading in the wrong direction. And there's only one way to life. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. The way to God is only through the narrow gate and along the straight way. Weird. Weird, as you all say. You like the American I just threw in there? Weird. Weird. I could say more. But I've already said more on Wednesday and I encourage you to get the CD from Wednesday or go online on the webpage and get the podcast. You can listen to it on your computer at work. You can download it onto your smartphone. And if you want to get an iPad, you can go and see Xenia and she can hook you up with one of those too. But over the next few weeks, I believe that there are going to be some drastic changes that we need to make in our normal lives. Because if we're going to be weird and live life his way, we're going to have to change. Small changes are not going to cut it anymore. We're good at making the little small adjustments. And thank God for those. Sometimes they're important. But if those small adjustments could really make us different, they would have done so a long time ago. I believe it's time for major adjustments in our home, in our families, in our lives and in everything we do. How many would be honest today and say, I'm ready for some major changes in my life? Ready for some major changes. It's not that we're saying that our life is bad. It's not that we're saying that our lives are screwed up. Maybe it is. And if that is the case, then thank God, God can change your life. You know, I'm not saying that we're going out of our way to sin and that we're in lust and and it's consuming us and we're trying to rebel against God. But if we're honest today, I think every one of us would say, you know what, there needs to be some major changes in my life. Because normal isn't working anymore. And to choose to remain normal is to resolve to a normal life which is heading in the wrong direction. It's time for us to get weird. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to get weird. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few Sundays and Wednesday night. And this morning, I want to present a key thought to you today. And the thought is that of time. Time. Say with me, time. Time. If we're going to be weird, we need to take a close look at our scheduling, our priorities, our time. You know, one of the worst things that I hate about my life is this. I seem to find myself so busy. Busy, 
busy. There's always something else that can be done. Every day I start my day, or really before I leave work, most of the times the night before, I write a to-do list of things that I have to do the next day. We get so good at writing a to-do list. I think it's maybe time that we start to write a list of things not to do of things that we can live without, things that we can perhaps pass on. I know in the last couple of weeks I've found myself that I could literally be here in the office doing things for hours and hours and hours beyond the time that I want to leave. And I have to say to myself, well, this has got to be done. And then I have to say, hold on a second, that can wait. And you know what? That's not important if that's not even done. I've got to look at my time and start realizing I don't want to fall into the trap of normality. I want to be weird. I want to be weird. What do they say about time? They say two things. Here's the first thing they say about time. You can never regain time. You can never regain time. And neither can you stop it. No matter what you try to do, you can't get back what is past and you can't stop what is about to happen. You just all took a breath right then. It's a breath that you and I can never take again. Why? Because we can never turn back time. And when it comes to time, here's the solution that most of us have told us. In our normal way of thinking, here's what we've told ourselves. If I only had... So there are some normal people in the house with me. If I only had more time, then... Then what? I wonder what we would really do with more time. Come on, I wonder what we would do if we did have more time. Maybe most of us want more time to do the important things that are not getting done right now. Even if we went to 25-8, what does that mean? Extra hour every day, extra day every week. From 24-7 to 25 Eight. If we went and had an extra hour every day, and we had an extra day every week, what would we do with it? Can I tell you what we would do with it? We would find more stuff to fill our lives up with because we would say, hey, I've got more time now. So we would bring more things in, more things. And then what would we do? We would turn around and say, God, if only I had more time. We would fill it up and then complain once again that we still didn't have enough time. Come on, am I right today? Listen to this. It's not more time we need, but a greater awareness of the time that we have. Think about that. Let that sink deep into you. It's not more time we need, but it's a greater awareness of the time. What are we doing with the time that we have? Being more aware of that time and not wasting it and not pushing things off, but facing the facts of time that I've got to start prioritizing what's important. And can I tell you, I am preaching to myself too today. Because if we're going to be weird, we've got to get out of normality. And normality is what? People broke, stressed, exhausted, stretched to the max. Trying to wear every hat they possibly can. Look what it says in Ephesians 5. And I'm glad that we can go to God's Word. Because if someone stands up and just tells you a lot of good things, all they're doing is motivating you. 
But the Word of God will transform you. Come on. The Word of God will transform you. Ephesians 5 verse 15 and 17. Listen to what it says. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. I love that word, circumspectly. See then that you walk circumspectly. That means carefully. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming. That word means making the best of or taking back our time that we can never regain. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Literally, understand or discover His plan for your life and the plan of God for your life is weird. What does the Bible say? We need to start redeeming, taking back our time. Taking back our time. Listen to what Greg writes in his book. It says this, we live in a time-starved society that relentlessly pushes us all to the very limits. And not just during the holidays. Buy more, do more, accomplish more, conquer more, rush, rush, hurry, hurry. More productivity, more efficiency, more expedient, more, more, more. It's insane what passes for every one of our normal days. Most people work far more hours than they used to. Who works only 40 hours anymore? Trying to get ahead or simply survive. Our evenings or off times are crammed with activities. The kids' sports, music lessons and yes, church. Many families rarely have even time anymore to eat together. A typical family dinner now includes a round of Happy Meals. From the drive through in the 15 minutes between dance and soccer practice. We could go on today, but the sad reality is this. Our culture tells us that's a normal life. Our culture tells us that's normal. That has to be expected today. I mean, that's where we are at. I wonder today if someone asked you, and you were really honest, if every one of you in here could be honest today. And I think church is a good place to start being honest. But I wonder if someone asked you this question and you were really honest with them. And the question goes like this, what you would say, are you really enjoying life? Most of you would say, I'm not really enjoying it, I'm enduring it. I'm struggling through it. I'm making it for my kids. I'm being there for the people. But the reality is we lay down at night many times and say to ourselves, my God, if this is living... I missed something. A lot of us are realizing that if this is really enjoying life, most of us would have to say no. And you know what else we would say? No, and I don't have time to talk about it. Because we're so busy. 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 We are living at a pace that is not only unsustainable, it's also a pace that is unbiblical. Turn to Second Peter Chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. 2 Peter 1, 1 through 3. Again, the truth of God's word. It says this, To those who have obtained like precious faith, meaning that we all have received the same, like precious faith, God's gift to every one of us. They're with us by the, by the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2. 
grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Look what it says in verse 3. He has given us all things that pertain to life. New Living Translation of that passage of verse 3 says, His divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. The reality is this, we have everything available. Or we have enough time to do everything that God wants us to do. Listen to me today. We have enough time to do everything that God wants us to do. He has given us all things that what? Pertain to life. God has given us enough time to do the things that are the most important for our lives. The problem is we've just run out of that time and we've used it for everything else apart from the things that God has called us to do. Your number one responsibility if you have children is to to your home. But yet we've filled up our time with so much other things and then we struggle to make our home life what it needs to be. God has given us everything that pertains to life. God has given it to us. You have enough time to do everything God wants you to do. But what happens is we've just substituted weird for normal. And now what happens in our life? God comes knocking on the door because he's not invited to the meal. And we say, God, you can take whatever's left. It's in the refrigerator. Heat it up in the microwave. We've pushed God so to the side, the things of God, the important things of God. We've given God whatever is left. And I know I'm preaching to you today. Rachel, please, can you sit down, please, sweetheart? Okay. Thank you. And I don't want to stay here long, but it's amazing how we make time. And it's amazing how miraculously we can find time. We turn around and say, I've got no time to do nothing. Then someone says, oh girl, there's a sale that's going on. Miraculously, all of a sudden, we find two hours that we never had two minutes ago. Oh, I'm so tired, I just can't be bothered to go to church. Hey, listen, that latest movie's coming out. When? I'll be there. Miraculously, all of a sudden, our bodies are rejuvenated and there is energy that is surged in. Miraculously, new time and energy has surged in. Why? Because what is a priority to us is something that we will make time to do. Listen to this. Normal people doing normal things and never having enough time to do the most important things. Normal people are people who are doing normal things, but what? At many times at the expense of doing what's important. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 38 and 40. It's the story of two sisters who have a special visitor who has come to their house. Look what it says in verse 38 through 40. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him to her house. And she had a sister who was called Mary who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his words. But Martha was distracted with much serving. 
And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. We just read the story of two sisters, Mary and Martha. One is convinced she doesn't have enough time while the other is seizing the moment. They both have the same opportunity. Like every one of us, we have the same opportunities in life, but yet we choose to respond in a different way. What Martha was doing wasn't wrong. It wasn't a bad thing that Martha was doing. She wasn't sinning by what she was doing, preparing food and making ready for Jesus. I mean, what she was doing was right. In fact, most of us would say her priorities were right. She had a guest. She was providing for his needs. That was important. But you and I have got to watch because with our justification of saying, I'm doing the right things and I'm trying to help and I'm trying to do this and that, we've still got to watch the busyness that we can take on in our lives. It was interesting when I read that, the Bible didn't just say that she was serving, the Bible said that she was serving much. That she was serving much. She was much serving. So many times we can do those things, but yet we take them to new levels and we exhaust ourselves. You know, it's okay for your kid to be on the soccer team, but you don't have to be the soccer mum. What do you mean by that? You don't have to be the one that's bringing the snacks every game and making all this and that. Sometimes we can do those things, but we struggle with them much because we involve ourselves and consume ourselves and totally embrace ourselves, finding ourselves normal. Because everyone else is doing it. Jesus called us to be weird. 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 Listen to this saying that they have out there, and it says this, If the devil cannot make you really bad then he'll try to make you really busy. If he cannot make you bad and sin, then he'll distract you. He'll take away your time and your energies. Because unfortunately, most of our times and energies goes into things that are not truly important and that we could live without. I was just laughing the other day, driving down the street, thinking about a cell phone. And, you know, I've heard someone say the other day, I couldn't live without my phone. You know what? We lived without phones for years and we did a good job. The productivity of life was probably even better without phones. We maybe had pages and we had to stop at pay phones than there used to be pay phones, by the way. And we, had, and we think to ourselves now, however did we make it? But you know what? I think we were more productive like that because now we are so distracted with our cell phones. It's not just our boss who's calling us to tell stuff. We're calling everyone else and we're blogging and we're doing this and everything else. What? On our company's time. And we think to ourselves, well, I've got to buy a cell phone for my kids because my kids will be safer. You know what cell phones now today are doing? They're bringing the world into our children's hands. And we're not creating a safer place for them. We're opening up where predators now can come to their handheld devices. That's called a cell phone. Well, what are they going to do? What do we know if they're left and they've done this? Listen, for years we made it. And we're making it probably a whole lot better than we are today. Because normal, normal, normal is not working. It's time to get weird. But devil wants to make us busy. Martha, she was busy in herself. But what did Mary do? The Bible says she sat down. She seized the moment. I wonder when's the last time you and I stopped long enough to embrace what matters the most. Normal tells us 
that busy means that you're successful, that you're important, that you're significant, that you're doing everything right. But normal is also a broad way, a way that's not working. So Martha gets mad. She screams out to Jesus, Jesus, tell her, tell her. Here I am busting my butt over here. She's sitting there doing nothing. If she would just get up and help me, then I could perhaps sit for a few moments. I've got this to do, that to do. Jesus, just tell her to get over here and help me. But it amazes me, and there's a lot of things in the Word of God that we can so easily miss. But it amazes me even the way that Martha complains to Jesus, what she declares. Look what it says in verse 40. She approached him and said to him, what? Lord. It's not a trick question, it's on the screen. She approached him and said to him, Master, ruler, that which is the most important. She is confessing with our mouth the fact that Jesus is the most important thing that is happening right there, right now. You're in control. You're the master. You're the ruler. She's confessing that he's the priority of the moment, but yet she has made herself too busy to even realize what she is saying. Sounds a lot like us. We're running ourselves rugged into the ground and we know it. But yet we're still choosing not to do anything about it. Notice what Jesus' reply to her was. And it's the same reply to every one of us. And I'm almost finished today. He says, Luke 10, verse 41 and verse 42. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But notice this next thing. But one thing is needed. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. One thing is needed. If we could get to the place where our lives were not about this and were not about that and everything else in between, but that we would reprioritize our lives and say the most important thing of my life is the one thing. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus that has to be the most important priority of my life. Because normal isn't working. But when we place him as the priority of our life, people may look at us and say, you're weird, that's crazy. But it's amazing, I've found in my life, that when you prioritize your life through relationship with God, it seems like you have so much more time for everything else that happens underneath. The stuff that you didn't have time for before. My parents used to teach me this all the time. So easy, isn't it, when you're a kid? You turn around and say, Dad, I've got too much homework. I can't go to church tonight. My dad used to, my mum used to say to me, Philip, you know what? You give time to God. God's going to redeem the time when you study. And I've proven that in my life, that God multiplied that time. When I gave him his portion, when I gave him that which was the important thing, the one thing, we can get so busy with this, we can get even so busy doing things for God that we lose the sight of the God we're doing them for. Weird. Have you ever been to a buffet, all-you-can-eat buffet? Pretty incredible place to be. You can eat it all if you want. But it's not recommended to try. But when you're standing there looking at the food, you've got to make some choices. 
And it's the same in every one of our daily lives. Life is a buffet that we can eat it all if we want. But we've got to start making some choices in our lives. We need to start living by the or and not the and. What do I mean by the or and not the and? It needs to be either fish or chicken, not fish and chicken. It needs to be soccer practice or guitar lessons, not soccer and guitar. We need to start looking at our lives and saying, you know what, I've got so many ands, 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 that now my life is so stretched that I'm in a normal pace of life that is unsustainable and it's driving me into the ground got no time for anything. We've got to start applying the awe. We've got to start teaching our kids that too. We want our kids to be the head cheerleader. We want our kids to be dance queens. We want the kids to be the top of their basketball. We want them to do all these kind of things. But we've got to start asking ourselves, what are we achieving in trying to do and, 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 and? You and I have a choice. It's got to be an awe. How quickly we can be a Martha and miss the one thing. And we can justify it as being right. It's time to make some drastic cuts and decisions in our lives. We're going to talk about this more on Wednesdays and we'll break into small groups. But it's time to be weird. It's time to distance ourselves from the pack. Why? Because normal isn't working. As weird as it sounds, God, even in his word, commands us to rest. There used to be a day out there called the Sabbath day used to be a day when people didn't work. I remember the time you couldn't even pump gas on a Sunday because the gas stations weren't even open. If you were going to go out and eat something on a Sunday, your choices were very rare because there weren't many restaurants. I know in America maybe stuff has been open longer, but when I grew up in England, I mean there was no grocery stores that were open on a Sunday. There was no stores. There was a leading store in our city, and my mum always said, I mean, it was a great department store called Marks and Spencers. And if you've ever been to England, you've probably shopped at Markey's, as we call it. But you know what? Their profit and their business went down. And my mum said, you know why that's happening, Philip? I said, why, mum? She said, they now started opening on Sundays. You can call it as you want, but God commanded us to rest. God himself even rested. And we look now. And we think to ourselves, it's another day now that we can fill up with other stuff. Can pack into it. Why? Because our weeks have become so busy. Our time. But God even commanded us to rest. But like with everything else, normal has taken that from us too. It's not an option for us to keep going at the pace and the intensity and speed at which most of us live our lives. Busyness will remain the standard. It will always be the norm. For many people for years to come. But as children of God, God has called us to live by a different standard. And a way of prioritizing our time that may seem weird to everyone else around us. But when we follow Jesus, we're now about our Father's business. And not about the world's busyness. What did Jesus say? One thing. One thing. Jesus first. Maybe weird, I know. But husband and wife, you put Jesus first, your marriage would be better than it's ever been before. I haven't got time to pray. I haven't got time to go to church. I haven't got... 
One thing, you start prioritizing your life. People may look at you and say, that's weird. You go to church on Sundays, your only day off, that's weird. Hey, you look at them square in the eye and say, you know what? It may be weird, but it works. Because as I put God first, he promises to redeem the rest. That means he takes care of the rest. Normal's not working, but weird still is. It's just a shame the Bible says that so few choose to follow the pathway of life. I challenge you all today, dare to be weird. Make a commitment to this series and say, Pastor, I'm going to be here because, you know what, I realize, you know, in my normal marriage, in my normal home, in my normal day, I'm just burnt out and I'm just losing reality and touch. But you know what, maybe it's time to get weird. Can I share one thing about weird and then I'm going to quit today? Children of Israel lived in disobedience to God for 40 years and wandered around a wilderness. But you know what was weird? For 40 years, their shoes didn't wear out and there wasn't anyone sick amongst them. Even in disobedience, God kept his promise to them. Now people can look and say, that's crazy. You know what that tells me? In 40 years' time, there was a kid that grew from the age of seven to be now 47. And if his shoes never wore out, you know what that tells me? Weird says his shoes grew on his feet. You can say whatever you want, but the Bible says their shoes never wore out and they never got sick. You know what else is weird? The Bible says that God said one day to Moses, smite that rock and water came out of the rock. And you read in the Bible, it says, and the rock that followed them. You know what was weird? A rock or a water source followed them wherever they went. People looked and said, that's weird. But can I tell you, weird provided for them every day. And met their every needs. Weird God's way will meet your need every day. Come on, it's time that we look at our lives and start saying, and all. Stop trying to add more stuff to your life. Look at things that you can eliminate. And make sure it's not the one thing that you eliminate. And start with God being the priority. And let everything else fall from that spot. Come on, it's time to get weird. Because normal isn't working. And listen to me, it's killing us in the process. It's time to get weird. It's time to be Jesus weird. Would you stand to your feet with me today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.